listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. We are on day 73 and 74 of reading through the Bible. We are slowly transmitting an oral translation of the scriptures. We are reading it and talking about it. It's pretty fun. And we just started the book of Numbers, right? Yeah, we're done with Leviticus, and we are now into Numbers. We're turning the corner here. <clears throat> numbers is pretty, it's also pretty amazing. I was surprised. I feel like every time we start a new book, I thought I read it before, but I feel like I'm reading it for the first time. Like, what? And so in this one, you really see God putting into practice all that he's laid out for the priest, all that he's laid out for the tabernacle construction, mm-hmm. how everything ought to be handled. And now it's um, almost like a military setup, right? Yes, it is. Uh, and then, okay, so for today, our reading oh, go ahead. is Numbers chapter 1 through 3. Okay. I do also want to say that the original title of this book was not Numbers. It, it was. was in the wilderness or oh. in the desert. Nice. Which kind of makes this book a little more. Like I don't know why we changed it to numbers. Well, because so, the beginning part <clears throat> is just God's telling them to take a census, and so count. But really, but the rest of it's kind of like story. Yeah, it's just going to be a story. <laughs> but it starts off. You got to get the setting. And one thing I didn't realize uh, before, or never took it into account, is that. The book of Numbers, or in the wilderness, starts off in the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt. So the first, mm-hmm. they've already wandered for a year, but God has given them, they've set up the tabernacle, they've set up the priesthood, he's given them all these things, and now now we're getting back to, this, to the story, and it's year two Yes, with all this stuff now. Yeah, they've built everything, it's year two, they've been around Sinai for a while, and now it's time to move. Right. And so the way we're going to move and how we're going to handle, uh, even literally handle things. Yes. How we're going to move, how we're going to protect each other. It's really brilliant. And that's what it gets into directly. He says, take a number. Take a, take a census of each of the tribes mm-hmm. because we need to know how many we have and how we're going to organize this thing. So the first <clears throat> part of chapter one is the setting, year two, take a census of all males who are 20 years old and up because mm-hmm. they can be in the army. Yes. And so that's what we're counting. And then it goes through. I actually took notes, Matt. I tried to take notes Good. of each tribe and how they've grown since the time of, like, since the original tribe leader, like Reuben. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, and it's interesting. So he goes <clears> through and he says, um, uh, not only is the census to say we're getting ready to move out, but also I think there was a census to say, look how the Lord has blessed us over this last year when. It feels like we've only done, we've only ever died. Mm-hmm. You know, we've died in the wilderness. We've died because of our sin. But he takes count, and you find out that um, here I put them in order of the biggest to smallest. Ready? Yeah, go for it. So Judah is the biggest, weighing in at seventy-four thousand six hundred twenty-year-old <clears throat> plus males. Woo! Right. Then you go Dan, and Dan's got something like, um, what's the number there? Dan has something like 62,700. Mm-hmm. Then you got Simeon, who has 59,300. Zebulon, who's uh, weighing in at a 57,400. Anyway, I could go on. The total ends up being about 603,550 um, 
males over the age of 20, not right. counting Levites. Not counting the Levites. And so it's just cool to see that. Then um, <clears throat> you're continuing to grow. And so you have a pretty big army, a 600,000-member army. Mm-hmm. And then what I thought was most exciting was the arrangement. I've always just read through this so fast <laughs> and never realized how God said to arrange this thing. Yes. And my synopsis is basically you're going to set up camps that all face the tabernacle like the way you'd set up a camp around a fire. Right. So like essentially you have a fire that you're all gathered around. So there's tents like in a circle. And so he goes. And there was a fire. Well, I know. That's what's so cool. It's like like if you wanted a view of the lake or something, this was the view, the Mm -hmm. tabernacle. And it's a view because the cloud is protecting you during the day, dropping the temperature by 20 degrees Mm -hmm. in the desert. And then at night, it literally is a fire that you're warming up to. Like how could you build a fire big enough for 60,000 males, let alone their family, 2 million. 600,000, yeah. 600, sorry. For 2 million people to gather around. Mm-hmm. Well, the Lord provides a ginormous flame assuring his presence for you to look at, to be warmed by. Like, yeah. it's pretty amazing. That's so pretty they're amazing. all facing. So you got to imagine all these people are facing the, the tent of meeting, but he organizes them. And I didn't get this. You got this. He organizes them according to being on the east, South, west, and north. Like mm-hmm. they're all assigned, and it's like three tribes yeah. are assigned to each quadrant. Quadrant, and then, but you tell us why, or tell us how they did. I know, <clears throat> I know yeah, why, but I mean, I want to hear. So it was really cool because I was looking at the order. The order that they're being listed in is kind of significant, and the groupings <clears throat> that they're paired with, and it's matriarchal orders, and so they're being grouped together by. Who, their, who the mother was of the tribes. Which is so cool because they're all from Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. They're all the sons of Jacob, the tribes. Mm-hmm. But yes. each of those sons had different moms, as we remember from Genesis. Right. So if you remember, uh, Jacob had uh, two wives and then there's two handmaidens. And so you had Leah. So four moms. <clears throat> yeah. So you had four moms. And so you have... Um, Here's the, Le- the breakdown. Leah. Right? Yeah. Then... Zilpha's kids, and then uh, Rachel's, which were like in the center, like of the line. Okay. And then you have uh, Bilhah. Okay, so so Leah had Judah, Issachar, and Zebulon. And on Levi. the south side. No, those were the east. So those were March Yeah, first. east and south. That's what I'm saying. Okay, gotcha. She has east and south. Reuben, mm. Simeon, and Gad. So... It's really cool that they all have the same moms, so they're connected, and that's kind of a tribal connection, and then from the sons of that mom. But then the way God sets it up, too, is the biggest tribe, Judah, Mm -hmm. is marching first into the east. Right. So they're going to be the first line of defense. Then behind them is the tent of meeting, but it's the Levites. So the Levites, we'll talk about them. They come up in the next chapter, but their whole thing is they're assigned to encircle the tent of meeting. Yeah. And then God will break that down too. But then you have um, Reuben and Simeon and Gad, the second largest, is going to be in the very back, right? So in between is going to be the the Levites' tent of meeting, and then you're going to have Rachel's, the loved wife. Yep. Her sons from Joseph and Benjamin. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be in the middle, kind of the treasured princes near the tent. And then um, you're going to have Dan 
and Asher and Neftali, those guys are going to be kind of third in line, and mm-hmm. then they're going to be followed up by Ruben, Simeon, and Gad. So is Leah's, is it Leah's kids that are in the front and the back? Uh, yes. Interesting. They're the military protectors. Yes. And so the idea was, this is how we're going to move through the desert. Mm-hmm. We're going to move in a caravan, protecting the tent of meeting, protecting Rachel's children and offspring. Mm-hmm. It's also the smallest of all the, the tribal <clears throat> breakdowns, only 108,000. Um, as, as compared to 186,000 for Judah. And so it's just really, it was really cool to think that the tabernacle is the center of life mm-hmm. and that Christ and his dwelling place ought to be ours today too. Like this is the center of, this is what you make your life about. Mm-hmm. And that's where you'll find protection in the desert. That's where you'll find all these things. Mm-hmm. And so it's just funny that we make church like a luxury item. Like if we have time or if we have, then maybe we'll... Bless our bless church or worshiping God or holding up his word as something as a great gift and sacrifice from us when in reality it ought to be what you pitch your tent around. Yes. Right. And boom. <clears throat> before we move on, this is covering chapter one and two. Yeah. The couple oh, things yeah. that I wanted to mention. Oh, this is so cool. The end of chapter one. Levites. Oh, exempted. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. yeah. But, well, yeah. So the Levites are exempted from military activity. But so oh, before, we, before we move on uh, to dealing with the Levites, I thought it was really cool or worth noting that God's super specific about how they arrange themselves, like mm-hmm. who, where they are and what they do. But some of the freedom that they do have is creating their own standards and yeah. banners and flags to rally around. So they're still rallying around the order and everything, but it does say, like, make your own banners, whatever, but just know it's Judah is going to be the head of this mm-hmm. of this group. And, like, so that was cool, and, like, the idea that they had their own personalized banners. There's for east side, west yeah. side, north yeah. side, south side. Really cool. They all have their own little, <clears throat> uh, yeah, little cut which, out part of the, the city um huh which actually might be cool to think because okay so they're surrounding right yeah. and so within the rabbinic tradition you have well in in this camp setup you have judah is the head of that one reuben's the head of the other one mm-hmm. ephraim is the head of the uh west yes west side, and yeah. dan is the head of north side right and so traditionally their banners are Lion is the Judah. Okay. A man was Reuben's. An ox was with Ephraim's, and an eagle was with Dan. Oh, and interesting. And later in the story, we might get some visions of four-headed creatures that represent these animals and Whoa. things representing the tribes of Israel and That's their so arrangement cool. around the temple. You're right. So that was pretty cool. Also, making sense of stuff. Little note, mm-hmm. asterisk, on the tribe of Simeon, which is the third largest tribe at this point. Yes. They are also You're right. under a curse from back when Simeon and Levi. And so I just want that to be kind of, they are a cursed tribe, and that curse yeah. is still carried on. And at the end, there will be another census, and it will be very interesting to compare numbers. Yeah. Anyways, just You're a little right. foreshadowing. You're right. Simeon is the third biggest. <clears throat> okay. Well, in chapter 3, Leviticus... The sons of Aaron, Eleazar and Ithamar, um, are going to be over the the whole tribe of Levi, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And it breaks up 
there's three major tribes, Gershon, Kohath, and Marari. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then what they do there is they say, I want you to take a census of all the, the, the Levites from all males one month. Mm-hmm. Well, one month old and up. Yes. And so Gershon has like 7,500. They're on the west side. Kohath is 8,600. They're on the south side. Merari uh, is the north side with 6,200 males mm-hmm. over the age of one month. <clears throat> and so they're all also camped around it. But the fourth, I was like, I started to get to the point where, where is the fourth tribe? Like, who's going to be on the... Um, fourth clan, yeah. It's the north side, the south <clears throat> side, the west side. Who's going to be on the east side? And then there's this really cool verse about, basically it says, Aaron and Moses camp out on the east side, mm-hmm. the entrance of the tent of meeting, facing the sunrise. Yeah. And they are responsible. They are responsible to guard the sanctuary and the people of Israel because each of these tribes were given a job, a very specific job to guard the, the tent covering or to handle the furnishings mm-hmm. or the structural framework. And it gets into it, and, and that'll get... To, tomorrow's reading will break down even more what they have to do. But in chapter 3... It's very structured, and you start to realize God cares so much about this tabernacle because it's where he is. It is holy, mm-hmm. and he's breaking down everybody's position. He's breaking down exactly what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. Um, and then, I don't know if you have anything more to say about the arrangement of that camp, because... Um, no, let's just jump into the redemption of yeah, the firstborn. and then the duties. But then the, another little gem in the book of Numbers, in uh, chapter 2... Or three, chapter three, verses 40 mm-hmm. through the end. It's like a little gem, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say? Yes. I'll let you make a run at this. <clears throat> now that I've teased it, this is so amazing. So this was dropped earlier in Leviticus about how the firstborn of all of Israel belongs to God and that they were going to have to redeem the firstborn or God or give the firstborn to God. And it was kind of because like, of. Him taking the firstborn, firstborn of Egypt. Of Egypt. Yeah, like, and he's just like, the firstborn belonged to me. And so this was kind of like a, oh, what do we do with that? And Yeah, what does this mean? And God makes it very clear here of what he intended to do with it. So he states, count up all the Levites, mm-hmm. get their number, and then count up all the firstborn males of the other tribes within and what's that number? Yeah. And they both end up almost being exactly the same. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's 22,000 for the Levites, and it was... Firstborn tw- sons, right? And then it was 22,273 for, yes. for the firstborn sons. For all the rest of Israel, mm-hmm. they were 273 over. Right. And, but what was amazing is God says... I'm going to, instead of taking your sons, having you set them apart for me, mm-hmm. I'm going to make the Levite tribe, they are my first son. And so all their firstborns... And they, the, everyone from the Levites and are going to be set apart. They're all set apart. So all the males mm-hmm. are set apart as firstborn males to me because Levites are set apart to serve the tabernacle, to serve mm-hmm. me. They are not in the military. They're going to be serving me. And so these are my firstborn sons, and I will redeem them in place of your firstborn sons. Right. So he's not even requiring that everyone give up. And I think the redemption would be like what Hannah did with 
with Sam, yeah. Samuel, right? Like offering your child to, the, like they'd have to go live in the temple and mm-hmm. they, you'd say goodbye to your son. Yeah. And God's like, I want you to have your sons. Levites will be my son and, and they will redeem you. Mm-hmm. And then there's 273 over and they figured out a way to actually pay for the redemption of those those kids so those kids could go home and live in their tribes. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, to me, that was just so beautiful. I've never... It's just setting the scene so much for what Jesus Christ is doing. That the plan of redemption by God choosing a son in place of our own sons, that God choosing his son to fight instead of making an army out of our sons, Right. it's there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But shockingly, like I used to think it was like you had to be a <laughs> kind of theological hidden. genius yeah. to figure it out. But like if you just read the book, it's there. Mm-hmm. And so right in Numbers chapter 3, it is plain that the plan of God was to redeem our firstborn sons and give his own. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. And really? the price for redemption. Um, so Jesus redeems us through his sacrifice, and uh, it starts as early as in the desert. In the Pretty desert. great. So there's uh, that's numbers for us today. And what are we in? Now in the New Testament. Yeah. So our New Testament reading is Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 56. Luke, we are in the beginning of uh, where Mary, is Mary called out here? So yeah, so we, last episode it was uh, the birth of John the Baptist being foretold, Mm -hmm. and now we get the birth of Jesus being foretold, and so it's kind of cool we get to see like this back and forth between, and parallel lives between John and Jesus. Yeah. And so now we're moving into the... uh, I can't get over what you said. It's been hitting me. The idea of angels being so scary because they reflect, they've been in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're doing verse 26, and it is where Gabriel shows up to Mary, right? Yeah, so in the first one, it, Gabriel shows up to Zechariah, a priest, mm-hmm. and now he's showing up to a young woman who is betrothed and she's scared Mm -hmm. because he's reflecting the glory of god and the glory of god is a consuming fire and uh he says you will conceive a womb and bear a son and what what is remarkable is he tells her what to name the son jesus because he will be a savior to the world but he will be son of the most high Mm -hmm. so gabriel's saying he'll be god a divine son of god yes and the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. So then he says, you're going to be in the line of David and mm-hmm. rule. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's amazing. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. <laughs> so all the tribes we just talked about <clears throat> circling the tabernacle mm-hmm. in the desert, this little 14-year-old virgin, Mary, is going to give birth to a divine son of God who will sit on the throne and rule over Jacob and all his descendants forever and ever. Every one of the tribes. Yes. Her only response is, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Right. Like, We're, all she can think about is, how am I even going to make a baby? Uh-huh. Let and, alone this uh, divine and, human God. Uh, which, the answer is even more significant now yeah. after reading the Old Testament. 
because he uses the language of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Like he overshadowed the tabernacle. Ding, 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 ding. Where God dwells among us. Yeah, his, he clouds the cloud. And Mm -hmm. and by the way, at creation, he's over the waters, the formless and void. The spirit of God hovers hovers over. over. He overshadows the waters of creation and speaks life. He overshadows Mary and speaks life. He overshadows everything. Like he will, uh, it's this cloud again where he is. And then it's like, therefore, because he says that. And I think before I've just always missed it. And then he's like, because of the overshadowing, because of this cloud that hovers, the spirit that hovers, that brings life. Therefore, he will be called holy. Yeah, because he is holy. Like the plans for the tabernacle came out of a cloud from God. Yeah. And they're just because his hovering presence made it holy. And you can't touch the things oh, in the tabernacle. But he will be holy, mm-hmm. which and he will be called holy, the Son of God. And then he's like, "Behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has conceived the son," and he gives her like a quick little like, and here's some uh, proof. Yeah, that here. things are going to work out. Well, we've already start. Things are in motion. Mm-hmm. Let me show you. You're right. And then her response would have been like, "What, my barren, old." <sighs> Cousin. Cousin is pregnant? No Mm -hmm. way. Because that would have been uh, remarkable. So then the angel leaves. Yeah. And then um, another remarkable thing, unless you have something else to say about that. I mean, we read this at Christmas, but it really is remarkable. Like the angel shows up, the glory of God, things are happening after 400 years of silence. It's always to the least of the, like the least little children in the kingdom of God, a little girl who's just finished Mm -hmm. puberty. Mm Mm-hmm is now going to carry the Son of God. And I do also want to say, yeah. the betrothal is an, is an interesting situation. She's in a really interesting spot because the betrothal yeah. was a, a legal engagement and you wait nine months to a year before you get married to prove that she, did not, she was not pregnant right. before the betrothal and that she had not been with anyone else. And so her being pregnant during the betrothal is kind of inconvenient. It's kind of bad timing. But I also think, and connected to the story of Sarah mm-hmm. and Abraham, who, when she was taken by uh, the, a pharaoh, yeah. or Abimelech, it was Abimelech, mm-hmm. and God made everyone barren in the household to prove that like her son that she was going to have later mm-hmm. was through Abraham and not Abimelech. And God was taking special measures to show like, no, this was, this was through Abraham. I'm con- giving you a real promise. Like it's, right. it cannot be confused or accused of being from Abimelech. I'm realizing actually she's in the perfect spot to be proven that this is from God and not from anyone else. Exactly. Like God's trying to prove this is not from Joseph. Right. And so you're going to have to trust that she was honest <clears throat> mm-hmm. instead of her being married and then her saying, honest to goodness, it's not Joseph's. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it is pretty interesting. interesting and amazing. And God knows exactly what he's doing. And so he creates the way he always creates. The Holy Spirit overshadows and speaks life into death, mm. speaks life into nothing, something out of nothing. Then you, there's the visit between her and Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth heard the greeting from Mary. I I really like this section. It says (laughs) something great about what God's doing in us. The baby leaped in her womb. Mm -hmm. 
Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And so um, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. So the idea is that even John the Baptist in the womb, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. The baby's filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you recognize, you get excited, you bow down to Jesus. To the presence of God. You are understanding the presence of God because his, his voice is resonating within you. And that's the Spirit of God, right? Like his yeah. voice, his, his wind animates the <clears throat> faith. He's, he delivers the faith of Jesus Christ to you so that you can respond. And what I love is you got a 14-year-old who's responding, going, uh, okay, yeah. how will this be? And then you got a baby inside a womb just responding with joy. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of God in us creates joy and peace and love and faith. Mm -hmm. And so if you have any shred of faith today, you thank God for it. It's by His grace. And then you ask for more. I also love how many, like Luke is really hitting the Holy Spirit on in his gospel. From the beginning. He's just really crediting and making that a character, which is cool. Angels, Holy Spirit. And that's one of the Luke themes, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, oh, well, guess we'll get into, we're not going, oh, we're going through 56, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is her response. Yeah, and some of the themes that God delights in exalting the poor and the humble. Yeah. And it's the Holy Spirit that gives life. So um, while he brings down the proud and those who are rich and can do things on their own. And so in Mary's song, they call it the Magnificat, which is the Latin for... Uh, My soul magnifies. Magnifies, right. Yeah. It's a beautiful song from Mary. It sounds mm -hmm. a lot like Hannah's, <clears throat> I think, right? Yes. Where it's her spirit's rejoicing because she's humble and she is poor and God has done great and mighty things for the humble and the poor. And uh, for mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. And she goes on, um, again, with exalting those of humble estate. Yeah, and she's she, a 14-year-old, is connecting her situation to Abraham and yeah. the promise made to Abraham. Which shows you, even though it's been a thousand years, two thousand, it's been some time, mm -hmm. they are connected to their origin, their origin story. Yeah. And that's why it's so important for us today. We have to hear these stories so that when God acts in our lives, we have a reference to understand mm -hmm. it. You're connected to our, our origin story. You're connected to Abraham and the Exodus. You're connected to the prophets and the priests and the tabernacle and the presence of God. Because if we're not, God might be working in your life. You have no reference because you're so disconnected from the story. Yeah. And so she's connected. She gets it. And she does what she knows to do, which is praise God. And then it says she remained with her cousin for about three months and returned home. And so often we, we are told who we're going to be. We're told what's going to happen. We have a great insight. And then it's cool. Now wait yeah. and do nothing and be tested yeah. and be accused of, of uh, breaking the law and be <laughs> accused of cheating on your husband. Meanwhile, you're carrying the son of God. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's consistent. Amazing. Amazing. Oof. There's a lot to say about that, but um, I think we get it. I think we're good. What psalm are we reading today, Matt? Oh. All right, so I'm going to do Psalm 34, oh, verse one. 1 through 10. 
Psalm 34 is one of my favorites. The second half of it is probably my favorite favorite. Yeah. So read that next time. I will. But 1 through 10 is great too. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. I was confused. I like that part of it. Mm-hmm. Boom. We've all just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We'll talk to you next time.